Let us stand and worship together. This is amazing grace. Who breaks the power of darkness? Sing it out now. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Shakes the whole world. Who shakes the whole world with holy to hear a fresh word from you today, God, and I thank you for the way that you are alive and well and active in, in our lives. God, I pray for uh, anybody that's in this room today that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, that today would be their day of salvation, God. And may you just speak to our hearts today as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
Hey, if you're visiting with us today, welcome. We're so glad that you are with us today. If you are a first time, second time, third time visitor with us, we do ask that you take the connection card that's in front of you and fill that out and place that in the offering plate as you exit today. Um, the, uh, the connection card as well is used for uh, any prayer requests or questions you may uh, want to, to have answered. Uh, so just fill that out and again, place that in the plate as you, as you leave today. As you see behind me today uh, is a special day. Uh, every day that we come to worship is a special day. But today uh, we have uh, a team that has returned from Guatemala. And you will be hearing some testimonies from them today. And see some video and, and hear a word from our pastor today of things that happened in the lives of many of our people and our team uh, over this past week. And so we again just welcome you to be here and, and thank you for coming. And I hope that the Lord uh, stirs in your heart um, to, to go and make disciples of your neighbor and our nations all around the world. We're going to be building houses, working with kids and doing a women's event, um, just loving on the people of Guatemala. lift the leaders of this town up to you, God. I just ask that you just lead and guide them in your direction for your good and for your glory. We just thank you, God. Started on a house project. you have an opportunity to build a house then it gives you an opportunity to say hey we're not doing this because we're good people we're doing this because we have a great God and we want to tell you about him Jesus loves you. God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to earth to take the punishment for our sin. Así que Dios envió a Jesús para tomar el castigo en lugar de nosotros. Food that we had prepared for them, and just 
spend a little time trying to interact with them and talk with them. This is enough here to start 200 families for one month. My church family came over here. Así que mi familia de la iglesia, mis hermanos en la iglesia, venimos aquí. And built this house. Y construimos esta casa. But God is the builder of everything. He used our hands and feet as tools, but he's the one that gave this house to you. Usó nuestras manos y nuestros pies como herramientas, pero la casa la puso él. She says, uh, I'm firstly thankful with God and thankful with you. Secondly, I wish I could repay you. I know I can't. I'm a sinning woman, but I know that God will repay you everything you do down here in earth for all of us. And we uh, appreciate the time that you take to come down here and help all the people. Thanks you for the uh, rest of the village. Thanks, Chris. You did a great job. Ben. So, picture tells a thousand words. If you can, I mean, you can you can see everything that was on that screen. I'm just going to put a few words to that, where kind of comes from my heart and what I experienced there. First off, I'd like to thank this church for being steadfast in our support for our missions. What I got to experience in Guatemala was something I'd heard about through others that had went before, but was not quite ready for what was coming next. The experience of building homes for families and helping alongside our team was truly a, a blessing beyond belief. There, was all, there always seemed to be, as we went out each day, there seemed to be about an 80 to 100 percent chance of rain uh, as we left to build the homes for the families. God had kept that rain at bay, kind of away in the mountains. And then as we completed our homes, rolled up, then he would let the rains come in. Um, the people of Guatemala have so little, but still seem to be content with what they have. When you see the graciousness, and you did see that on their faces, uh, what little they have uh, for them, they, they are still gracious. It makes me take inventory of what is important in my life. The first day we got to build the home uh, in a city for a man at Lazarus Church that had recently gave his life to Christ. Um, he had been absent from his family for quite some time. Um, they're now back as a family and they're active in the church. It's beautiful to see the hand of God at work in this man's life and the church over there. The day we did home educations was incredible also. The families decorated their homes and you could tell that they had a sense of gratitude for what they received and were proud of their homes. I will it will truly touch your heart and soul when you see this. Um, this home gives them hope and they show it through the hugs and smiles that you receive while you're there. There seems to be a lot of pollen in the air over there too, so it kind of gives you tears a lot. <laughs> Um, I also want to thank Blake and the others behind the scenes that put in the extra time to make this a lot easier than it appears. I know there's a lot that goes into that that we don't see and we're appreciative of that. I was also fortunate to have been given this experience and will return without hesitation. The other takeaways are seeing all the team members work together for one purpose and also get to know everyone better at this time. Well, I've found myself many times in my life waiting for God to step in and fix something that is wrong. I was given the opportunity this past week to step in and serve and be the hands and feet of God. The teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible, and our pastor have taught us to spread the gospel wherever we may be. Let us rise up, go to work for the kingdom. Where will we leave our footprints for God? Will it be in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, or in another country? God knows, and he's waiting for us to join him.
one of the songs we sang uh, in our worship time one of the evenings, and then we took that song to uh, Pastor Lazaro's church Sunday morning that meant a lot to us. And if nothing else, because it says this, from every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, He, God, has made us a kingdom of priests to reign with the Son. And so we're going to ask you to sing this with us here in just a moment. Let the Guatemala, the GMC, the Guatemala Missions Choir, uh, start us, and then, uh, and then we'll ask you to join us. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from breaking through? We do. Do you wish that we could see it all made? Is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this?
may be seated. everyone. I'm Bree. This is Chloe. So we're kind of just going to be taking turns. So what I'm going to be focusing on is just kind of the culture and how amazing the people of Guatemala are because just how they live and how we live is so different and it's just crazy and humbling to see how they act and how we interact with each other. So I think my mom's also going to be mentioning this a little bit so um, just heads up. So <laughs> um, a normal family home for them, I mean, you guys saw the video, I mean, we would call it more of a shack or a shed, but they are so grateful for what they have, and so it's that tiny shack, and it's normally more than one generation living together in that house, so there will be grandparents and parents and kids, sometimes grandkids even, so it's just so many people in this one little house, and they don't have AC, most of the time they don't even have power or running water, but what they have, they are so grateful for. And they are just so happy and have so much joy in what they do have. And it's just crazy to experience that because we have so much and we always want more and more and more. And they are just so happy with what they have, even though what they have is so small. Um, another thing I want to kind of touch on is the dump. You guys saw a few pictures and videos of it but it does not do it justice. So um, in their culture, the dump is kind of like a last resort um, for families. If they don't have the means for house or they can't find a job, they will actually live and work in the dump. So what they do is they go through all the trash, they sort it, they find things they can sell or eat, and they just live there all the time. It's what they're used to. But again, that's what they live in, and for us, it's unfathomable but for them it's normal. And it's just crazy to witness that and see how much joy they have in what they live in and how much hope they have in what they live in. Um, it's just, it's insane, it's a, it's a crazy experience. Um, it's truly awesome. And they're just normal people, they are happy, they laugh, they play and when we are there in Guatemala and we give them things like, we'll give them little Hot Wheels like cars or dolls or you know food, and they never ask for more. And they're just always so happy to receive something so small. And they're showing it to their friends and they're so excited about it. And again, as Americans, our culture, we have so much and we always want more and more. And they just receive something so small and they're so thankful for it and they are just so happy with what they have. Um, I might mention some of the house dedication you guys saw, but I guarantee you that every single house dedication we had just spoke a few words, not even just to dedicate the house to them, and they were all in tears. We were in tears, they were in tears to receive this house. I mean, it's so beautiful just to see how we can make a difference, and it's not us, it's God's power and his love. Um, it's, it's amazing, so if you guys do get the opportunity, I highly recommend it. It's so humbling to see that we live like this, and they live like that, and they are so, they are just more grateful than we are, and they're more joyous most of the time. They are just so happy to receive everything they have, so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a verse out of Isaiah 52, um, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, and who says to Zion, your God reigns. Um, like Brianna said, you go to the dump and you get to see the people and how um, joyful they are. Um, and I could sit here and tell you all day um, how amazing and beautiful it was to see that, but it, it would never do it justice um, unless you went yourself. Um, I got to work with the kids. Um, on the VBS kind of side. And my biggest fear going over there was that I knew no Spanish. Um, I took one year 
in high school and I did not um, pay attention. <laughs> and so um, the longest sentence I could say was like, hola, como estas? Um, hello, how are you? And so um, I was really nervous to be able to make connections with people, but um, you quickly learned that um, the connections with the Guatemalans were on a more um, deeper and personal level than just a conversation. Um, and so it was an amazing um, experience to be able to interact with people but not be able to speak a lick of Spanish with them. Um, and so I am so grateful that I got to go over there and at the feeding at Lazarus Church, it was a little boy, um, and I played with him for about 45 minutes to an hour maybe, never, never said a word to him, <laughs> just played with him, just messed with him and stuff, and um, went to say bye, and um, he didn't understand that I was not gonna come back, and so I said adios, and his mom had to take his hands off my neck, and it was so humbling because you don't, kids here, you make connections with them, and you can talk to them, sorry, <laughs> but um, I don't know, the people in Guatemala are so beautiful, and it was an amazing experience um, to go over there and just show God's love and to um, experience their um, trials. Because like Brianna said, they have nothing. Um, Jeremy said something one day, and he said that our dogs here live better than most of the people over there. And that was really eye-opening because um, driving through the streets of Guatemala, you see um, tons of dogs. And like, they're like, don't touch the dogs. <laughs> they are probably have rabies and tons of diseases. Um, but the people there are just, I, you, you won't know it until you go, but they're so, so beautiful. And they love the Lord with all their heart. And I wish that I could say that I felt that same way every time I came to this church. Um, but it was just an amazing experience. So thank you. So I'm glad Brianna and Chloe kind of opened that up for me because um, you've gotten to see a picture of, um, of some of the things that we experienced. And there are so many amazing ways this team got to see God work this week. But I wanted to share with you the awesome personal God that we all serve and how he breaks down all obstacles to unite his people of all nation and tongues. Um, the first time that I really experienced this was our Sunday morning worship service. Um, we went in, of course, we're in Lazarus Church, and so the majority of the congregation speaks only Spanish. Marsha, um, Lazaro and Glindy's daughter, leads worship. And of course, um, she leads in Spanish because that's their native tongue and that's you know what is supposed to happen. Um, we are all in this congregation accustomed to feeling the Holy Spirit move among our congregation when we sing and praise to him with all of our hearts and just feeling him move. So you all know what I'm talking about. Um, but what was amazing and so powerful to me was that the people, the Guatemalan people of this church were singing out in their native tongue. And us folks from FBCO had no idea what was being sung. But we were praising along, um, humming, just worshiping. And I could feel the Holy Spirit moving so strongly among the congregation, even though we couldn't have the first clue what was being sung. We had no idea what it was. It just left me with this amazing connection to God and just left me wondering how on earth anybody could ever deny the existence of our almighty God. Um, the other time that I really saw that was at the dump. Um, I mean, we saw it all along with the language barrier and whatever, but the dump was another one that just smacked me in the face. Um, I've heard, just as you have now, some of the stories about the people at the dump and how they live, and it truly is. They dig through the dump and they, the bags and they get food and all of this, and I've heard how heartbreaking it is to see people living like this. And I agree, it really is. Um, 
there's such a huge expanse between the way they live and the way we live. And then on top of that, let's add a language barrier. We can't understand one another at all. But um, Brianna talked about that hope that was in those people. Um, and there's a reason for that. You see, Glendy and Lazaro, they go to those people at least once a month, and they share the gospel with them, and they feed these people. And the most important thing they do is they share the gospel. And through that, several of those people there already know the Lord. They've accepted, accepted him as their personal Lord and Savior. And, um, and they have the same, same God that we do, you know, um, despite their circumstances. And um, those people are a part of that church. They walk, I, I met several of them that would walk two miles to the church to be a part of the things that were going on there um, for the church service, for the women's ministry, and for um, children's events. And, you know, they, it was that important to them to walk and to be a part of that. Um, and so when we were there with these people who are so vastly different than we are, um, we, sh we became one people again. There was not any difference between us who live among the richest of the world and those who are of the very poorest of the world. Um, we, we united and they talked about the hope and the joy and the peace that comes only from Christ. And these people were full of it and it filled all of us. Um, it was such an honor and privilege to be the hands, of feet, hands and feet of Christ serving the people in Guatemala this week. I encourage each and every one of you to prayerfully consider being a part of this trip in the future. I guarantee that you will be as blessed, if not more blessed, than the people that you're going there to serve. Well, we're going to sing that Sunday morning worship song that uh, the people on the team sang in English and the people at the church sang in Spanish. And I got to thinking, you know, sometimes that happens here because most of us sing in English, and there's about 5% of you that sing in Ozarkian. And, and we, we worship together just fine. So uh, let's sing together. Amazing Grace, my chains are gone.
Jesus sent his disciples out, he gave them some instructions. In Matthew 10, 40, we read his words. Anyone who welcomes you is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. The Guatemalan Christians made us feel so welcome, often greeting us with a hola and a hug, even before we got to know them. On Saturday, about 60 women crammed into the garage of the house where Pastor Lazaro and, La and Glindy live and where their church currently holds worship services. We were able to present a gospel message and encourage the women to be godly mothers. When asked about the women of their church, Pastor Lazaro described them as mostly single mothers, uh, many of them unable to read or write. And some of them are married, but alcoholism is rampant in their culture, and unfortunately, many of the women and children are abused on a weekly basis, he said. He described their lifestyle as that of a slave. However, the joy that they expressed in their worship was a thing of beauty. And it was such a blessing to feel the unity between us, even though there were radical differences in language, culture, educational background, and economic status. Toward the end of the event, the women's nails were painted. And as we held their work-worn hands, and I have to explain this for a minute, they do their laundry by hand, they do everything by hand, make tortillas, sweep, scrub, always hardworking. As we held those hands, um, it was humbling to just pray a silent prayer of protection on them as they suffer hardships that most of us cannot begin to imagine. They were so appreciative of that, and Pastor Lazaro said it actually made them feel that they had some worth. Worshiping with them again on Sunday was an incredible experience, as, as Heather mentioned. And after the four women publicly confessed Christ, um, Lindy came to some of us women and said, would you like to go pray over them? It was such an honor to go to those women and pray over them and ask God to protect them, to help them as they grow in their new lives in Christ. That was so humbling and it was so powerful. And the Holy Spirit's uh, presence was so evident at that time. On Monday, some of us got to visit an orphanage. It's called Colony of the Pines. And the Guatemalan government no longer allows adoptions. So this would be more like we would consider a women's and children's shelter. And uh, the morning consisted of a gospel presentation, some art activities, some games, uh, and we fed them lunch. And there was a lady there named Linda, one of the grandmothers. And as we realized we were out in the open, with, we thought we were going to be in a building with tables. She brought tables and chairs from her her little house and, and uh, took care of us and um, later it started to rain and she invited us into her house. It was a, a block building, very small, with a dirt floor. Um, she had plants hanging on the walls, planters and even a birdhouse with two parakeets in it. She made us feel so welcome and even though it was a dirt floor, it was tidy and it was comfortable. And she was such a good hostess to us. So later I asked Lazaro to interpret for me as I tried to express our gratitude for her hospitality. And when I finished, she responded not with, please send us money or please sponsor one of these children. She just said, please pray for us. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. We serve a God who hears prayers. And we serve a God who answers prayers. Our team traveled a long distance, built houses in crude settings, shared the gospel across language and cultural barriers. You were faithful to pray. And we're so grateful for that. God heard our request. He protected us and accomplished his purpose. And I'd like to close with this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever.
Amen. Let's join together once more before the pastor comes to wrap things up for us. This song is so universal. All Christian music is universal. Amen. We all need the Lord. We all, we all need Him desperately. And this one reminds us of that. Lord, I need you. And when you stand in a 12 by 12, $400 hut and realize, no, you don't realize, you think, wow, that person needs the Lord worse than I do. Nope. We all stand in desperate need of Him, don't we? Let's stand together and sing. Scripture reading is from Acts 11, verse 19. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen 
traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out an ambassador, and his name was Barnabas, and he went to Antioch. Verse 23, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. Contemplate those words, saw the grace of God. I think the NAS, I read it this morning out of Natalie's Bible, it says they witnessed the grace of God. That's catching uh, most of the meaning of that. But how do you see the grace of God at work? How do you see God's grace? The Bible says he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agapus took up and foretold, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined every one, notice that, every one according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. What do you see in this text that would indicate that the grace of God was at work? What do, you, what do you see in that passage? First, you see the sovereignty of God at work, don't you? Do you know why those two people shared the gospel that were not even apostles? Y'all did catch that, right? They had not yet spoke the gospel to anyone other than Jews. And the two people that spoke the gospel were unnamed in the Bible. And yet, they are instrumental in starting the most incredible mission-sending agency ever known to man in the church of Antioch. It was the greatest international base of missions going to the world than any church ever started in the history of the world. And two men that are not even named in the Bible do it by preaching Jesus to people that they didn't even think they had the authority to do it. But when you know Christ, you cannot help but speak. And so, they were Gentiles that they shared the gospel. How did this happen? Well, you've got to put two things together in your mind. Number one, the persecution of Stephen, which was the will of God. And the martyrdom of Stephen. And what did Stephen do? He preached the, probably the most fantastic sermon ever preached. The longest script, the longest sermon in the book of Acts. And what does he tell the, the Jews. Well, when he gets through preaching, they say, you're anti-Moses, uh, you're anti-temple. But Stephen was trying to get them to see that God was going to save people all over the world. Put that together with, Steve, with Peter's vision of an ark-like sheet descending from heaven full of all kinds of animals. And the Lord God says, kill and eat. By the way, if you're a hunter like me, you like that, right? Kill it and grill it, right? But the reason that was given was to remind uh, Peter to throw away your prejudiceness. Forget about racial barriers. The answer to racism is the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So you wed those two things together with the sovereignty of God. And then you see God at work in Antioch. The second thing we see is the encouragement that was in that church. How many of you would have invited Saul of Tarsus to your church? At this particular time in history, some of them did not even know at all that Paul had been converted. The church in Jerusalem would not have accepted the Apostle Paul. As a matter of fact, most SBC churches would not call Paul as their pastor. You know why? Because he preaches the truth. Hello, Tokyo, right? And so the issue is here, Barnabas knew 
that Paul would not be received in Jerusalem church. So in Antioch, he knew he would be received, and he would be discipled, and Paul would disciple others. So this is an amazing amount of encouragement going on in this particular church. Not only was God at work sovereignly, but people were being discipled. In other words, it was a disciple-making church. There wasn't a whole lot of spectators just coming on Sunday morning to check out the service and see what the preacher has to say. No, people were engaged. They were encouraging one another. And finally, there was generosity. Now check this out. This church had only been in existence for a small amount of time. And yet they're taking up an offering to help the church back in Jerusalem. That was the mother church. Isn't that amazing how God works? So my question is, what kind of church are we? Do we see the grace of God at work? Do you, do you, do you sense that God is sovereign 100%? That he's ordering all events to accomplish his purpose and will scripture says all things work according to the counsel of his will we need to recognize the sovereignty of God at work in the life of our church and then we need to be a disciple making church like Antioch thus you may be called a Christian question are you living worthy of the name Christian would you have been classified as a Christian you understand this was not what the church called themselves this is what the world called believers. Because there was something about those people that reminded the world that those people belong to Jesus. We need to be characterized like that as a church. And how generous are we really being? Notice the text. Not 20% of the church family was generous. The text says that all the individuals, according to how they were blessed, were giving to the cause of, of helping and world evangelization. So, uh, that's my sermon for you. I think when you get caught in that orbit of the grace of God at work, like we saw when we went to Lazarus Church, your obedience factor steps into play. And you begin to look at your own life, and you're like, what, what is it that I need to do? Well, two of our people that were with us, Jeremy Butts and Chloe Garrison, both felt that they needed to gift their baptism on the right side of their salvation. Just like some of you, you thought you were saved when you were a child just simply because you prayed a prayer, right? But as you rocked along in life, you knew that there was no transformation in your life. And let me tell you something, you can't be saved unless you're changed by Jesus. Salvation ushers in radical changes. So they both felt like they were saved later in life. They've trusted Christ and they want to follow in believer's baptism. Here's what I want you to think about. What's that area of obedience in your own life? What, what is it that you're sitting on and not obeying Christ? What is it that's keeping you from being all in on the most important agency known to man, which is the church of the living God? Right? The Bible tells us clearly. That God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything you could ever ask or think. According to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus. Throughout all ages. World without end. Here's one thing you can bank on. God will work through his church. And so. Are, are we seeing the grace of God at work in our church? We need to ask our God if we don't, if we're, if we don't see it. God work in our church family. Amen? Okay, so we're going to have an invitation. And I'm asking you, some of you may not know the Lord. I think I shared the gospel over there. Uh, Lazaro looked at me at the dump and he said, Okay, pastor, you ready to share? And I had no idea I was going to share. But, you know, preachers are ready in season and out of season. And you would be surprised if I didn't have something to say, right? And so John 3.16, we began to talk about the cause, the cost, the condition, the consequences of trusting Christ and the gospel. So, look, maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. But something that has been said by, by the word of God, which faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, uh, the hound of heaven, the Lord God himself, may be pulling you. Scripture says that those who come to the Lord are drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. Perhaps you sense the Holy Spirit drawing you, and you need to trust Jesus Christ. You need to seek him and him alone to forgive you of your sins, become Lord of your life. You need to repent and believe the gospel. Some of you are believers in here, and uh, you're just lukewarm. 
Church is just one of your responsibilities instead of your life. That needs to change. Church is not something we just tack on as one of our other priorities or responsibilities. No, we are the church. That's who we are. Uh, Some decision you may make. I'm going to hang through about one verse uh, as David leads us. And then if you come forward after that, we'll have another staff member to greet you. Maybe you want to come to the uh, altar and just pray for our church. Pray for Pastor Lazaro. You understand, folks, that our church and my former church, you are the two churches that are primarily supporting this ministry of the preaching of the word. And you are responsible in large part and have a part in planting that church in Guatemala. Isn't that amazing? We need to pray for them. Let's stand to our feet. Brother David, would you lead us? Let's sing once again, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now and now was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear. wonderful way to end a mission trip by baptism to God be the glory the invitation is still going Blake you all go ahead and come down and anybody needs to come to Christ Blake will be here to talk to you the Holy Spirit just prompted me to say this and go to the chorus can I can I stop please don't forget I know we'd like to forget what we each other says half the time we do this on the mission trip, reminding each other that, hey, I forgot this, you forgot that. Uh, Debbie just came forward and said, you know, we talked about baptism. I want to be baptized today. <laughs> Anybody else? There's plenty of robes up there. Now, I'm serious. If you know Christ, right? <clears throat> if, if you know Christ and he's the Lord of your life and you haven't followed in water baptism, you need to be obedient. Amen. It's identification with the Lord Jesus who changed your life. We're buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Be obedient to the Lord. We're up there. If you come barging in at the last moment, we'll take you. All right. God bless you. <laughs> well, amazingly, that's what I had to say, too. Uh, if those are just words on a, on a church screen to you and they don't mean anything here, You need to start walking. Repent. Believe. Trust in Jesus. Amen. My chains are gone. I've been set free.
seated. Well, hallelujah. You can be seated. Chloe, our first candidate is Chloe Garrison, and what a blessing it is to see God growing young people. Amen. God be the glory. Chloe, upon your profession of faith and wanting to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ through water baptism, it's my privilege to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For we are buried with Christ through baptism. We are raised to walk in unity. I don't have to tell you that this woman right here walks with the Lord. Amen. And she is always standing on, the needle's always on go and be obedient. And I pray for her daughter Whitney who's serving in a foreign country, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to foreign lands. But I appreciate uh, obedience to the Lord. Miss Debbie, upon your profession of faith, identifying with the Lord Jesus and the Great Commission, it's my privilege to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For we are buried with Christ through baptism. We are raised to walk in unity. God. God bless you. Amen. Miss Debbie said she wanted you to know that she sit a long time, and she called it a sitter in the church before she came obedient. So in other words, you heard the sermon, right, from Miss Debbie. Praise the Lord. Jeremy? This guy right here is a nut. Y'all hope y'all know that, right? Uh, he has a unique relationship. He likes to joke with my mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law said she was going to scream out and say, Yay for Jeremy! All right? Jeremy, upon your profession of faith, trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, it's my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. For we're buried with Christ through baptism. We are raised to walk in unity of life. I need, uh, as we conclude, please pray for Doug Fast. Just grew to love that guy. Uh, Miss Amanda's up in the balcony. And, and Caleb, one of his sons, and Ethan both went on our trip. And Doug is under the weather today. He was going to be one of our testimonies, but we're going to get Doug in the future, all right? And Doug will share. Pray for him that he'll heal up. Uh, he's just a little under the weather, so we appreciate your prayers. God bless all of you. I'd love to greet you in the back out there if you'll give me time. If not, have fun at Godfather's. Amen? All right. I tell you, well, let's stand and sing a verse or two, and we'll give him time. Worthy is the Lamb. Mike, go to song number one, the bridge. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, worthy is the King who comes. 